Hello and welcome to the Biz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email edition for March 19th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined as always by my good friends and Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Out in the peanut gallery today is Will Perry. And always here in spirit, our producer, Regina Henricks. I have to start remind. I have to remember to always uh, mention Regina because Regina comes up with questions that we don't necessarily have the answers to right on our hands. Uh, Regina gets us uh, the information, and she provides a lot of the content that we uh, we end up using on the show. So, hello, Miss Regina. We hello, love Mama you. Reg. She also makes priority seatings for seven a.m. Yeah, <laughs> she's, too. she's we haven't forgotten else. Regina. She is our mares. She's afraid she's we're going to throw her overboard. Yeah, <laughs> she should be very scared in her tuna wetsuit. <laughs> Drowning, <laughs> drowning's too good for you. Oh, stop! <laughs> what is with you this week? I'm telling you, he is just miserable. And I had candy too. <laughs> I'm telling you, you've been fed. You've had candy. I don't know what what to do with it. So we have uh, we have plenty of uh, voicemails and emails to go uh, to play for you this week. And actually, our, our first couple of voicemails are, are, are in regards to Disneyland. And I guess I'm a little partial to that right now, since I'm going to be out on the left coast uh, the beginning of April for a week. Walter and I are really looking forward to that. Normally go out to Disneyland uh, at the end of the year, but I didn't make it out last year. So I am absolutely looking forward to uh, a nice week out in Disneyland. So we're going to start off with Mark in Baton Rouge who is thinking about doing one of the West Coast cruises and has some questions about what to do when he's not cruising. Here's Mark. Uh, hey, Diz guys. Uh, my name is Mark Zumo from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, an extra special hello to Corey and Julie. Um, I have a quick question for you guys. Uh, I've been listening to the show for, well, I guess, about a half a year. What became a casual um, pastime enjoyment uh, I've now become an addiction. Uh, just really enjoy uh, listening to you guys. The uh, question I have is, uh, my wife and I enjoy cruising. Uh, however, I must say we've never been on a Disney cruise. Uh, it might be something we look forward to in the future. We were considering taking a cruise out of California, uh, of course, uh, either L.A. or San Diego. We had never been to uh, California before, and we're interested in, of course, seeing the sights, maybe going a day or two early, uh, just so we could see a little bit of uh, California. The question I have is, is of course, we've never been to Disneyland, and was wondering if it would be worth sacrificing a day seeing the rest of either in L.A. or San Diego, if we've been to Disney World multiple times, uh, to go to Disneyland. Um, of course, it's one of those things where we'd love to see Disneyland, but at the same time, seeing as we've never seen the other places in California, we would be interested in that as well. So I sure would appreciate it. Uh, any feedback. And um, thanks so much for all of your help and information you give us guys uh, throughout a, a year. It's, uh, it's great. Well, Mark, my... My suggestion to you, honestly, is don't just do one day. Really, I, I, I to tell you, if you, I, I would say add another day. Have one day at Disneyland. Have one day doing something in Southern California. If that's not possible, you absolutely have to do Disneyland. Um, it is amazing how often this question comes up. It is amazing how often I see it on the boards. 
this is probably one of the least understood things among Disney fans. If you have been to Disney World, you know nothing about Disneyland. There may be a couple of attractions that are similar, but everything else is unique to, to, to that park. It's a lot of a lot of really cool things, things we don't have out here. Uh, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different experience. If you only have one day and you've got to choose between Disneyland or uh, Southern California, you absolutely have to go to Disneyland. And I, I just I'll say it again, everybody: if you've been to Disney World, you have not been to Disneyland. It's just it's the only way I can right. put it, really and truly. And I'll 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 challenge anybody who's been to both to say I'm wrong. Right, I, I know, agree. It's it's we Walt walked. It's mm-hmm. very it's different. It's a very different experience. You have similarities when you go into the Magic Kingdom, but you don't. Uh, it's not the same thing. It's not like oh, I've already been here because I've been to the one in. Orlando. It's a lot more intimate, a lot more charming. There are attractions there that we don't have here. Uh, their Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, is different. Their uh, uh, Indiana Jones. They have, well, I'm talking about oh. things that are similar. Oh. Uh, small World. Small World. Haunted Mansion is different. Uh, well, Haunted Mansion is different. I think only. Well, it is. No, it is different. Yeah. Space Mountain. Uh, space Mountain is an entirely different Space Mountain. It's like a extreme Space Mountain out there now. Yeah. So it's it really a very, very different experience. And uh, hopefully it stays that way. There are things happening inside the Disney company that, as Kevin once put it, will homogenize. They're trying to homogenize the experience among all these parks. We're hoping that never really comes to fruition. As of right now, it is not. Disneyland is a very unique place. And I, I may be one of the only people alive who like ca- uh, California Adventure. Uh, I know they're pumping a $1.1 billion into... Uh, doing all sorts of new things to it, but it I, I love it. I love California I do Adventure. Yeah, I do. Downtown Disney is different. Uh, there's some different restaurants, different stores. It's just a different experience, mm-hmm. and it's so wonderful. I believe me. I wouldn't. I'm going out there for almost eight days, and I'm only going to rent a car for a couple of them to go over to Huntington Beach and maybe down to San Diego. I'm not going out to Hollywood again. Mm-hmm. I will not drive into Los Angeles. So we're yeah. going to go. To, we're going to take the shuttle from the airport to the hotel, call Enterprise, get yep. a car for a couple of days because they'll come. They'll come to you. That's a good plan. Oh, is that the, that's a tagline? We'll isn't pick it? you up. We'll pick you up. <laughs> we'll come to you. Whatever it is, yeah. So I mean, it's. Uh, so I don't mind driving around Southern California itself. That's fine. It's that whole Los Angeles thing, going into yeah. L.A. or coming out of L.A. Oh my God, that's yeah. ridiculous. The Hollywood, traffic and Hollywood and Universal. Those are tough. Yeah, yeah Universal. Yeah, you take you. the shuttle. You can take the shuttle to Universal. There's a lot of shuttles that just come right out of uh, right from Disneyland, going to a lot of different places in in Hollywood. I wouldn't recommend anybody driving to Hollywood, but the drive to like Huntington Beach is great. Yeah, it's really nice. And Huntington Beach, you know, Walter and I like to go out there on uh, on the weekends because they always have that craft fair out at the Huntington Beach Pier. Get all this cool stuff, all this like handmade artisan stuff. Really great, really really cool. So just driving the Pacific uh, Coast Highway is a, a nice experience too. Yeah, exactly. So bring your LSU hat, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and you did not leave an email address, so shoot us an email yeah, podcast she, at www.info. com so that we know how to get in touch with you, especially if you win a prize. <laughs> so all right, who has an email they'd like to read? I do. <laughs> okay. It's from Alan McKay in Glasgow, Scotland. Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> you got Glasgow right. Yes, her name is Erin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. Hey, gang. Um, just to let you know about an idea that I've recently used with great success, I'd like to let your listeners know about a piece of software for cell phones called TruePhone, and that's T-R-U-P-H-O-N-E, TruePhone.com. This is a superb piece of software for a number of popular cell phones, which allows calls to be made from the U.K. to the U.S. completely free of charge, and vice versa, using a wireless Internet connection. I have used this service to make all of my Disney Dining ADRs and to book the Epcot Segway Tour. Wow. I also recently thought this would be an excellent way for UK listeners to call the Dis Unplugged phone line and leave messages. I'm sure there are hundreds of UK listeners who would love to share some stories and insights with their fellow Disboard friends. I believe that an iPhone version is coming shortly. I know how much you guys love the iPhone. Regards. Wow, I thought that was really cool. That is very cool. So people and, can call us now, hopefully. And let me just uh, go ahead and get the phone number out there if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail. It's toll-free in the United States, one 310 And that's a great idea. Just to repeat, it's www.truephone.com. That's, that's T-R-U-P-H-O-N-E. Great. We will definitely include a link in the show notes page to that. Thank you very much for that, Julie. John, do you have one? I do. I have one from Stephen Rickert in St. Cloud, Florida. There he is. Hey, Stephen. Thank God we got to read Stephen's email. <laughs> who was it again? Stephen <laughs> Rickert. I've never seen an email come from him really? before. Is this his first one? Is this yeah. his first one? It's <laughs> first one I'm writing was. Is he the Are one you noting any sarcasm here, Stephen? Is he the one that's face is turning purple every week listening to the shows? I don't know. I can't see him. Yeah, really, Bob. I am so impressed with your contemporary exclamation mark. I think you meant contemporary review. I'm glad that the contemporary passed with flying colors, and I was really impressed with how you tested the resort. Great job. I love the curveballs, and you gave a great impression of what to expect. One thing makes me wonder. The contemporary did so well, I wonder if they knew you were were from the Diz and that you were coming. Nope. I'm not going to give away our secrets, Steve, but no, they, they do not. Um... We make sure of that. Right. We have ways of making sure that they don't know we're there for um, bookings or for restaurant reviews. And also, but also what I do when I do any review, just in case, a lot of the things I'm looking for are things they simply could not know. Whether they knew I was there or not, they couldn't control. Um, unless they have my picture plastered all over something. And they have advised every cast member that works all over <laughs> Walt Disney World that I'm there. Your picture is actually tattooed on the inside exactly. of Walt Disney Exactly. Unless they're doing that, and I do not believe they are, um, then uh, no. No, there's really – look, because we've had it happen before where they knew we were there doing something. And we know exactly what happens. We know the telltale signs when that is. And I do not believe – I do, not, I do not believe they either knew or cared yeah. <laughs> that I was there. Do you remember what uh, happened? At, you remember what happened at our Chef Mickey's uh, breakfast? We were no, oh, yeah, we were left sitting there. Well, no, we were taking pictures. Yeah, before we were seated, but we were taking pictures and asking questions. And the waitress said, "Are you guys going to open a restaurant?" Yeah. So, <laughs> and she's like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> yes." Just we're going like to open this. Chef Ricky's. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Brad. <laughs> So, Ricky Rat for our own theme park. Yes, we'll have Ricky funny. Rat. So, as much as we'd like to think we're big celebrities, the waitress at Chef Mickey's did not know who we were or care. Or care. <laughs> <laughs> However, it was no, seven a.m. She didn't care a lot. We're, we're also not like that, though. We don't go around thinking we're celebrities or no. anything Bob special. Does. Yeah. Yes. Bob does. Only Bob. Bob doesn't think that. But no, we're not like that at all. <laughs> Even though I have signed autographs, <laughs> I like the way he spoke about himself in the third person. Uh huh. Bob does not think like that. <laughs> Bob puts lights on his cart. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right. Thank you for that, Stephen. appreciate the email, all 175 of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop threatening us. But no, his name is Steve, not Steven. Steve. Sorry. Sorry. You'd think we would know that after 175 <laughs> emails, wouldn't you? All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from one of our regulars on the boards, NC Beast. He, has, he is going out to... Uh, he and NC Bell are planning to go out to California and has some questions about the Matterhorn. So here is Mr. Beast. Hello, Corey, Julie, Bob, and the podcast team. Um, NC Beast here. Just um, wanted to run a question by you. Um, NC Bell and I are thinking about um, taking a trip to Disneyland, California, and I wanted to know about the um, about the Matterhorn and just wanted to know um, if um, if it's how good it is for um, big and tall people like myself. If there's a, if there's going to be any problems with me riding on it, thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Mr. Beast. I actually have ridden the Matterhorn, and I am big and tall. And I ride the Matterhorn exactly like I ride Spaceship Earth. Crunch down with my face as far down into the cart as humanly possible. <laughs> because even though a lot of what you're riding through is dark, you can still see those overhead beams. And I've never hit my head in the Space Mountain, and I've never hit my head in the Moner- or in the Matterhorn. You definitely can ride it. Their uh, carts are quite comfortable. And I have some interesting information, and this is just after years and years of reading. People consider Walt Disney the creator of the steel roller coaster. He was he wanted a bobsled type adventure and it couldn't be done with an old wooden roller coaster. So he suggested that they use steel rails to try and make the ride smoother. Now, please understand that this is really not a modern steel roller coaster. It's a roller coaster from the late fifties, early sixties, so it does it's not as smooth as a regular steel roller coaster. But it is very cool. Some other tidbits of information. I don't know if it's still there, but at one time there was a basketball court inside the Matterhorn for employees to Mm -hmm. use as recreation. Still is there. And I also know that uh, they used to have people climbing the Matterhorn. I don't know if they still do that on the outside. They used to have Tyrolean mountain climbers. Actually, now you can, on certain days, you can see Mickey or Goofy or Minnie, not Minnie, but... Mini, <laughs> mini scale on the side Ooh, of a They don't want you to be able to see that Minnie's leader hosen. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Poor Minnie. Poor Minnie. But I've written it as well. I think what's cool about the Matterhorn, what kind of shocked me when I first got into it, is there's no restraint system. Like, there's no um, lap bar. There's nothing that comes over your head. It's just a seatbelt. And they first put you in and said put the seatbelt on and I was like wait where's the metal thing that goes over my <laughs> and you sort of so you kind of get the you catch air on it and stuff it's very cool you catch air yeah wow but I've it's definitely it. it's definitely uh, well I wouldn't say it's comfortable it's not uncomfortable cool fast yeah it's actually pretty it's, fast it's surprisingly fast it's and you're ride. supposed to be able to see uh, the abominable snowman I forget what it, the Yeti. However, I've never seen him. Well, Corey and I, we we went toward our Hollywood studios with him, so I think he'll like Disneyland. I really do. And NC Bell. And NC Bell too. We were doing the photo, going around the park taking photos. Yeah, they spent about three. three oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I completely forgot that. That's absolutely right. They spent three or four hours with us. It was a hot day. And <laughs> it was extremely hot. Now they're now they're scared of you. No. 
No, they have pictures. She posted a picture this past week on the, the uh, Bob podcast. Bob gave her an autograph, even though she didn't want one. <laughs> no, no, she didn't get an autograph. It was a, it was an eight, eight by ten head the eight by ten headshots he had made up. <laughs> I Him with the that. cart in the background posing. I haven't, I haven't done that yet either. Yet is the operative word there. <laughs> got the fan blowing, so he's got the Lonnie Anderson hair. Look <laughs> out, podcast cruisers! <laughs> Lonnie Anderson, the Lonnie Anderson comb over. I missed that one. <laughs> All right, thanks very much. Who has an email? Kevin's hand went right up. I wanted to beat Julie because she always has her hand up. <laughs> What's that all she about, Julie? Already. I don't know. I was just goofing around. Mine is from Pam in Peabody, Massachusetts. And Pam says, hey, podcast team, I just thought of another question I have not heard addressed on any of your podcasts. I'm still catching up, so forgive me if this has been asked before. It hasn't. This year, or I'm sorry, this week I was making some changes to my ADR, and while going through the automatic automated steps on the phone, I noticed that they have many categories like Florida residents, if you're staying on property, if you're planning on visiting Walt Disney World in the next week, etc. If your name starts with J, I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's always the one, after this phone call, you can take a survey. Uh, I was curious for those who do live in the Orlando area, how successful are you in making ADRs on short notice? Is it hard for you as a resident to make ADRs last minute because of the 180-day rule? Does Walt Disney World leave some spots open for residents? I would hope so. Anyway, I'm curious to hear how this works. Uh, Pam, I don't believe Walt Disney World leaves any spots open for residents per se. Or for anybody else for that matter. However, I usually don't have any trouble getting an ADR yeah, really. whenever I want to go. I mean, now... I don't go to Chef Mickey's for breakfast, usually. (laughs) As he looks at me with disdain. (laughs) I never go anywhere at 7 a.m., usually. Uh, But we go to Disney for dinner quite frequently, and I always, if I know we're going there, try and make an ADR. Uh, We made an ADR, what's today? Today is Monday. We made an ADR, I made an ADR yesterday. We were thinking, uh, I was out had my mom out for the afternoon and we were thinking about going to chefs de France for lunch. And I called up at the last minute and made an ADR and had no problem getting in. I'm sorry. It wasn't yesterday. It was Friday evening. So, but I made it that day. So it's not usually a problem. Again, places like Le Cellier are very hard to get into, but besides not having any trouble making an ADR when I want them, uh, we've walked up to places like Cinderella's Royal Table. I talked about that a couple podcasts ago on the day of, and asked if they had a, a table available for that evening and was told, sure, come back at 5 o'clock, that it wouldn't be a problem. Well, we were at Epcot, and right inside Guest Services, they had a billboard that has all the restaurants on the billboard. What ha- and what availability they and have. And what availability. So if you go there in the morning is when the park opens, that's your best chance of getting any of those restaurants, and you don't have to walk around saying, do you have a res- do you have an opening? You know, you can see it right there if they're open. Again, we're not looking. We don't aren't usually looking for the most popular restaurants. We're not looking for. Um, I know people have trouble getting to, into Ohana and places like Le Cellier, and I'm not making judgments calls. You all heard my opinions on that. But as long as you're not looking for the hardest ADR, I usually don't ever have a problem. And flexibility also plays into it. If you can eat an hour later or an hour earlier or. Just remember, there's a late lunch and an early dinner, and those are usually what the, the shoulder hours where that just aren't as popular. If you're looking to eat at 6.30, you might run into problems. Right. Cool. Yeah, i got to say something. As a travel agent, we're really happy that Disney's added all those prompts. Now you're on the phone forever trying to get through. 
It's crazy. And I don't want to take the stupid survey, okay? <laughs> and before I go on to anything else, I just have to say hello, Anthony. Good. Who else has a, an email they would like to read? I have one. It's well, from Brian Brady, and he's in Brooklyn, New York. He's asking, uh, he's hearing conflicting information about what time the parking lots open at the theme parks. He read somewhere that Animal Kingdom uh, parking lot was opening at 8.45 for a 9 a.m. park open, which he found uh, to be a little odd, and it seemed way too late. Uh, So what I did was I actually called up Disney and asked him uh, what time the parking lot's open. And it's approximately one hour before whatever the earliest time is that the park opens. So... Say it's a 9 a.m. open, you're going to find the parking lot open around 8. If it has an extra magic hour in it, you'll find the parking lot would open at 7. Okay. And uh, that's for all four theme parks is what I was told. And she used the word approximately, so give or take a few minutes. But that's that's the word, uh, official word from Disney on that. Cool. Thank you, Bob. 75 degrees here in Orlando, just to rub it in people's faces. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Chris in New Jersey, who has some questions about the Wishes Cruises over at the Magic Kingdom. So here's Chris. This is Chris from New Jersey, a.k.a. Harley Mouse. I was wondering if you guys could do a review or a touch base on how to book a Wishes Cruise. I know they're very hard to come by. Uh, what exactly do you ask for when you call uh, 90 days out, 7 o'clock in the morning? And if any of you guys have ever done it, uh, what do you think about it? How hard it is it to get, and is there any secrets of how to get it other than calling at 7 o'clock in the morning, 90 days out? Thank you very much, and look forward to hearing you answer my question. Bye. Honestly, Chris, the... Uh Unless I'm wrong, the Wishes Cruises really aren't that difficult to get. It's the Illuminations Cruises over at Epcot that are tough. Uh, There's far fewer spots. There's far fewer spots. There can be a lot more boats out on Bay Lake for that for Wishes than there can be in uh, in Epcot for for Illuminations. Because I know we got we got one last year uh, when we did it. We got it the same day. Uh, we called the same day and got it. So. Uh, I mean, it's always a good idea to call in advance and if you know when you want to go. Um, but I don't think it's really necessary, unless you're traveling during, like, crazy season. Uh, I don't know that it's ne- really necessary for you to do the whole 180-day, 7 a.m. or 90-day, 7 a.m. Uh, phone call. It is for the Illuminations. For Illuminations, course. absolutely. Um, even more so for the Breathless. And also, if you want to wish this cruise on the Grand One. Is the Grand One still there? It's still doing. Okay. It's a new boat. It's a, new it's boat. a bigger Grand One. Yeah. The Grand One is the yacht. Is the is the private yacht at the Grand Floridian that you can rent out and do a little party on. And something that we were told, um, and I don't I don't know that this information comes up a lot, but if you're looking to do one of the wishes cruises on one of the days when they have the fireworks at Circle the Park, any of the merry um, Halloween parties, I, the Pirates and Princess parties, or like Fourth of July, that 
you get an abbreviated version of the Wishes Cruise. You actually don't get to see as much because Seven Seas Lagoon is closed to you because there are fireworks that go off from the islands on Seven Seas Lagoon. Oh. So you're kind of relegated over to Bay Lake. Gotcha. So if you're looking to do it on one of those days, you might not get the full effect of it. when and, you. And just to clarify what you said, you, you can't take the Wishes Cruise for a Pirates and Princes Party uh, fireworks. You're only doing it for wishes that evening, right. so correct. I'm sorry. So you never wouldn't be. It's really for Fourth of July and those really special uh, New Year's Eve those nights where they. You know what? I did say that. I did say the parties and stuff like that, and they don't have the wishes cruises on that because they don't do the regular wishes fireworks. Yeah, right, that night. Right. I used to do the wishes uh, fireworks at like seven o'clock or six o'clock, but I'm I'm seeing in the new schedules that they're not doing both. I stand corrected. It's also it's, lighter than too, so fireworks right. aren't as impressive. Yeah. When it's still sunny out. Um, as far as what they ask for, they're going to ask for your credit card. They're going to ask for how many people are in your party. And they're going to... If you, you have know. any special requests right. in terms of there's anybody celebrating a birthday, do you want a cake? Do you want any, you know... Keep in mind that it's not a per-person charge. It's a per-boat charge. So whether you have the maximum number of people on the boat or just three people, you're still going to pay the same amount for the boat. Just go to the bathroom before you get on the boat. Yes. Yeah, several of the... People in our party. I did go before I got on the boat. I can't help it that I have a bladder the size of a walnut. <laughs> well, I, I was referring to other people, not you. I didn't that would be God's it. fault. Okay, we have an issue. I'm sorry. Do you mean to bring it up? Did you go on a longer cruise than the rest of us? <laughs> she, she didn't drink. You don't understand. Once I have to go, it's like I have to go. Oh. Yeah, it was Even fun. on our tax, our water taxi ride from Riverside to Downtown Disney, twenty-four I had to minutes. Go yeah. so okay, bad. you might want to go to the walk-in medical clinic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Didn't they have them swimmy pull-ups in the resort? <laughs> I think that. I need an adult diaper for any sort of river taxi or cruise. <laughs> She's on a boat for more than five minutes. It's all over. Could you stop at the next hotel for me? Please? How does she ever go through a whole cruise? <laughs> All right, Chris, I hope that answers your question. Thanks very much for calling in. Who else has an email they want to read? Corey. I have one from Harriet Kang um, from Hartsdale, New York. I'd like to bring my bicycle to Walt Disney World. Are there any bike facilities, bike paths, bike racks, either at Disney World or in the area? Is it feasible to bicycle to the parks from the resorts? I'll be at Port Orleans French Quarter. There are bike paths located throughout uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the resorts. Most of the bike paths they have are also available for jogging and walking. Um, Caribbean Beach has a has a bike path. Uh, Coronado Springs, Fort Wilderness, and Wilderness Lodge they have a bike path that actually connect the two, which um, I would prefer to bike around Fort Wilderness um, campground that whole area. It's really nice. Grand Floridian there's a bike path over there. Old Key West has a bike path. It actually leads to downtown Disney. Um, Port Orleans French Quarter where you're going to be there's a really nice bike path that kind of connects French Quarter and Port Orleans Riverside and again Wilderness Lodge. There's a bike path over there and connects to, to Fort Wilderness. As far as um, bike racks, um, I don't see any bike racks around there. The only bike racks I see are the ones for the rental bikes. But I, I do see some bike, um, some people bring their bikes and they kind of tie them to the near their door of their resort. Um, do you know room. when we were at Port Orleans, I saw a bike rack. It was more centrally located like amongst uh, the other buildings in Alligator Bayou. You could just lock it there and then walk to your um, building. It wasn't just like right next to wherever you're staying, but that's good to know. There you go. I'd bring it into the room. Now, as far as biking to the parks from the resorts, 
No, I, I'd keep no. it as recreation only. Yeah, the, you, that the roads you have to drive there on. There are no right sidewalks on. going to any of the theme parks. It's from simply isn't safe. Waiting to it's not safe unless you're biking from the Swan and Dolphin or Boardwalk along that path towards MGM. Or yeah. with Epcot, but yeah. where, where do you lock it? I don't. You know? Yeah, there's no bike. There's no bike uh, racks there. Yeah, that would be the only place. But I wouldn't advise it for the Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom. Those roads are tough to yeah. drive a car on. But you have plenty of places to ride your bike if you bring it. Bring it with you. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that, Corey. Who else? John. I have one from Dean Lightwood, and he's in. Weston Supermar, 120 miles due west of London. Oh. I've never heard of that town. My family and I are traveling to the world in April this year and have a couple of questions. Number one, the Walt Disney World monorail is a great attraction in itself, and to ride up front with the pilot would be very cool. Are my 13- and 15-year-old children too old to ask? Also, are more than one family allowed in the cockpit, or is it first come, first served? Let me ask your, we'll answer your questions as I read them. No, 13 and 15 is not too old. I believe Pete rode in the front of the monorail. I did. <laughs> so Bob rode in the front of the monorail. And he's 13 times 15. <laughs> oh, man. Hey. It's like about Bob. Um, no. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about oh, me. It's, was oh, it's okay. If it, uh, that's right. right. If it's aimed at you, that's oh, absolutely fine. Uh, that's, sure. that's funny. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, donkey. Listen. There's no age limit. Right. Walt Disney World is for kids of all ages. The monorail is a great thing. Ask the ride up front. It is first come, first serve. At your stop, ask the monorail driver. Is the front of the monorail taken? He will look to see when it shows up if you can sit in front. It's not limited per family. It's limited to the number of people. Uh, Kevin and I rode it one time, and uh, we were in there, and the family came along, and they said, well, only the two kids can ride up front because we were maxed out at four people, and we just decided, you know, let the whole family ride together. So it's not really based on families. It's about the number of people in the front of the monorail. Not only that, but it's kind of hard to explain. The monorails are assigned to certain locations. Like, for instance, if you're at the Polynesian looking to ride in the front of the monorail, you can only get in the front of the monorail for the on the monorail that's assigned to the Polynesian. For instance, if you might have to wait for the monorail to pass you by for the next one to come through. Does that make sense? Because what could happen is a person can stay in that front car for the entire trip around. Right. So unless they're going to get off at the Polynesian... Then the monorail is going. The front of the monorail will always be occupied. Correct. Gotcha. The, the best ride for being in the front of the monorail is from the transportation center to Epcot. That's actually the best ride in the whole park, anyway. I agree. Because it it takes you in and goes around the park a little bit, and then back to the monorail station. Whereas if you get the monorail to go back to the uh, transportation center, it doesn't do that, and it just goes right. To the transportation center. But it's still pretty cool because you kind of it do is. that skirting along the highway yeah. into the woods thing. I think but it right. is cool, but the other going to Epcot is the better way. It's also the extended ride that right. I think is cool as opposed to little short stops. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And you can ask more questions because he's not as diverted with trying to stop not, at each hotel. Right. And make sure you ask for a monorail pilot. Uh, card, they'll give you that. I think they also have playing cards or some kind of informational cards about the monorail now. All uh, of the transportation. Yeah, I got a couple of those uh, when I stayed over there last week for the buses. I didn't realize there were three style of buses that uh, Disney has. 
that I, wins. <laughs> <laughs> like you were going to say something. I was looking at me. Jimmy, do you want a you want a bus card that tells you all about the bus? Yes, no, don't, please. Don't make fun of it. I'm sure there are people who want them. Dean also had a second question. He said, "You mentioned in last week's show about your favorite restaurants and celebration." We loved that town and visited last year. We were only there for a couple of hours, so couldn't explore it well. Where would you recommend? I know this town is not is not Disney owned anymore. I was just curious. Um, Celebration is just a great place to go walk around. I can't really say go here, go there. There's the waterfront area. Just explore those little shops and those little places. We've talked about the Celebration Town Tavern as one of our favorite places to eat. Uh, Antonio's is an Italian restaurant. This gentleman's name good. is Stephen. No, Dean. Dean, I'm sorry. Dean, if you were in that downtown area, that's pretty much all there is to explore as far as Celebration is concerned. The rest of Celebration is very residential. There's Market Street and the other one. The other one. <laughs> that really helps them. They have, a, they have like an English tea shop over over there, too, next to the Starbucks. Which, I'm sure he gets enough of in that at home. In case you're lonely, <laughs> in case you're homesick. You get some right. yeah. There's also a restaurant in the Celebration Hotel out of curiosity, we were there one night, and we were looking, and they were having, was it a Valentine's dinner? It was Valentine's Day dinner. And do you remember what the cost of it was? I believe it was $89 per person. $89 per person for Valentine's dinner. And but it was a seven-course dinner. There's also Columbia, which Columbia. is a famous restaurant here Ex. in Florida. Yeah. They have something really good called the 1905 salad. There's a little... It was made in 1905? Yes, they're still using it. It's like sourdough bread. There is a... Um, Starbucks there if you want to get coffee and sit outside. That's a great little place to hang out. There's also a um, wine bar, dessert bar. That's what bar. Bob was talking about. It's got a, it's like Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock, I'm trying to think of the name of it. And there's a gentleman who plays the, the guitar on the weekends and oh, gets people right. sing-alongs and things like that. So there's a lot of stuff to do in Celebration. You won't be bored, that's also for sure. Also, um, uh, yeah, say it right. It's Celebrations. Celebrations. And you know what kids from Celebration are called, right? Celebrates. Celebrates. <laughs> that's it. I don't have anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a follow-up. There's another dead end. <laughs> I think that's where the edit's going to take place. As you know, we'll get email. My kid's not a celebrate. Uh, like we're worried about the, the, the population of celebration. <laughs> Uprising. <laughs> yeah, like They're that. close by. They can come and get us. Like that is, Yeah, and you go there all the time, so they'll be waiting for you. All right, well, thank you very much for that. All right, we have another voicemail here from Steve in Hyde Park, Massachusetts. This is one of the more enjoyable voicemails we've, we've heard in a while. Yeah, for some of us. Here's Steve. Hi, podcast crew. This is Steven from Hyde Park, Mass. I've been listening for about a year now, and it actually is the first podcast I ever listened to. I look forward to it every week, and I even enjoy the rapid, if you could call it that, rapid fire from Bob. I love how everybody here has a great time on the podcast, laughing and kidding around. It sounds like the group has a great time and really enjoys doing the podcast, and it definitely does not sound like work. Anyways, I have two questions. I noticed that the shows are generally around an hour, an hour and 15 minutes or so, and I was wondering how long... Um, um, okay, where was I? Okay, uh, three... Two, one. How long it takes to actually record the show before editing? Sorry about the bad Bob imitation. Must be the year here in Massachusetts. Just kidding, Bob. Anyways, and my second question is, uh, I'm coming down in mid-April for vacation, and I was wondering which water park 
to take my two young children to. They're both seven and four, and they're girls. And I love Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, but we've never taken the girls there. And I'd just like to know which one is more kid-friendly um, for younger girls you know, to go to that they would enjoy. Anyways, thank you for the uh, feedback. <laughs> okay, Steve, that was really funny. We all thought it was. Uh, I, the I, water park you should take the girls to is the Shock Encounter. <laughs> oh, man. No, wow. I, I didn't mean that. I meant one of the other water parks. I, I wow. think on the podcast You think cruise, by now we'd have a thick skin, you know? I do. I think on that the podcast cruise we should have a Bob imitation contest. <laughs> That'd yeah. be pretty funny, it actually. Like Bob the only the only problem he had when he did his bit was that three two one. He never takes it out, so it, there's no sense in doing three two one. He just keeps the tape running for I'll, me. I'll leave you yeah, one, Bob. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why they all know to do three two one. That's why he knew to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, Corey Julie. What do you think? Uh, water park for a seven and a four year old. Which one do you think would be better, Typhoon or Blizzard? You know, Blizzard had, um, this is tough because, you know, a lot of people think Blizzard's like really, really extreme. Typhoon, um, you know, Blizzard kind of took all the rides that Typhoon has and kicked it up a notch. But there are still a lot of things for kids to do at Blizzard Beach. There are the toboggan um, racers. There's snowstormers. Um, their family raft ride is the longest in the world. It's much better than the one at Typhoon, in my opinion. There's the ski patrol area. Which, which is a lot of fun. a lot of fun for the kids. There's like walking icebergs. Um, even the... Tex Peak. Yeah, Tykes Peak for the for the little ones. Um, runoff Rapids. It's a it's a raft ride, but you can ride with two people in it. So what a lot of parents do is they sit in the back, the kid sits in the front. So it's it's tough. You know, Typhoon has that wave pool that kids love. They they love when that big wave comes. They have the um, the shark reef, and they have you know the the body slides. The only body slides that Blizzard has are, are the speed slides. So it's uh, Well, something I mean, else to keep in mind now, the next time you come down, now that Aquatica is open, you might want to think about yep. heading would, over to Aquatica. I'd head, I'd head over there. Really. Something else about the two Disney parks, though. One of the things I like about it is Typhoon Lagoon offers some respite from the sun. Yeah. There are some places that are a little shadier when you're on whatever their version of the Lazy better River landscaped. is. Yeah. Um, Blizzard Beach seems kind of out in the open. It's very bright, very concrete. Right. You know, unless you have a, um, you know, a shelter of some sort, you're you're in the sun. But another thing that I enjoy about Blizzard Beach is that they, they have a chairlift. I mean, Which that is that, that alone is is an attraction. You take the chairlift up, and you, the whole family can go down the raft ride. So it's a. Uh, but I, I know what you mean about Typhoon. Typhoon's very shady in some areas. Blizzard's very bright, especially with all that painted concrete, that painted snow. A and lot of, oh, I'm sorry. At Typhoon, don't you have to carry your own raft on the family ride, or has that gone away? No, you do. You have to carry. Yeah, you have to carry your raft up the stairs, and a lot, a lot with the um, the tubes also. The only tube that you have to carry up at Blizzard Beach is like Runoff Rapids. Mm-hmm. You pick it at the bottom of the slide, and you you carry it up to the top of the mountain. But everything else is is sent up there for you. Well, and the ratings on between Blizzard and Typhoon, I've always seen Blizzard scores higher in the ratings as. Uh, the water parks. In my opinion, it is. Yeah. In my opinion, it's, it's the best. It's also the one that closes down um, first, like in, during the busy seasons. It'll, it'll close down the capacity yeah. before Typhoon. They send people to Typhoon. From our experience with my little sister Taylor, she's 10, um, Blizzard Beach is her preferred park. 
even though she doesn't do the speed slides, she loves, like, she doesn't do Summit Plummet and Slush Gusher. She does all the other ones. She loves it. So going on that, I would say Blizzard Beach. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. We have another voicemail we're going to... He also asked how long it takes us to record before the editing. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, Well, it depends (laughs) on the day. Today? (laughs) Today is a marathon day. (laughs) We normally, what we do is we record both the... uh, uh, both shows are recorded at the same time, uh, so on a day li- uh, on an average day, we're probably recording for about four to five hours, uh, and then editing time is a little bit different. It varies; it really varies wildly from show to show. It depends on you know how, mu- how many non sequiturs come up and how much I've got to pull out. And I, we really, what I try and do is let everybody just be free to say whatever they need to say, and then when I'm editing, I decide you know if something's really not appropriate for the show or. There's, you know, information that we really need to get. If there's a topic we need to get more information on, I'm not comfortable including it. I'll pull it out. Or something gets hijacked. Or something gets hijacked, which is which happens often. <laughs> or if Bob has a segment. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it really... You're all over me today. It really varies, but I will tell you this much. It is an absolute labor of love. We love doing it. Um, oh, yeah. I, love, uh, I love doing what I do with the show. I think these guys all love... Uh, doing this it's been a great experience for all of us so but that i think that would answer your question yeah i, I would say on either sunday or monday when we sit to record the show we're we're, we're down for a good five hours yeah today we're at six yeah today is, was well today was special took we a, had took a lunch yeah. break we had to take a lunch we gave break away three cruise, we uh, gave away three podcast cruises so we had to we had to like give john oxygen <laughs> <laughs> clear defibrillator <laughs> so all right well thank you for the question and we're going to move on to another voicemail from Paul in Pennsylvania who has some questions about using his Disney Visa card to book his cruise through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Thank you for that, Paul. Here's Paul. Hi, uh, podcast crew. It's uh, Paul from 44, Pennsylvania. It's 28 degrees and two inches of white, fresh snow on the ground. You guys are missing it. Uh, my question is, I have a uh, land-sea package uh, booked through Dreams Unlimited, and I have two college-age daughters who I got Disney Visa cards for, and my idea was to try to build a little bit of a credit rating for them by using some of the payments on their credit card. I was wondering if I screwed myself up by doing this. I didn't know if that, uh, basically the down payment and all the payments were made on Disney Visa cards, but they're done on mine and my two daughters. Uh, I basically made interim payments on your uh, DU website. I uh, didn't know if that would uh, you know, screw, up, screw up any type of credit. I also was assuming that I could do uh, the Disney reward from three different cards, that I would be able to get the credit card or whatever, the debit card, whatever it would be, and apply them for shipboard credits. And I wasn't sure if there was a limit on that. And we have adjoining rooms, so I don't know if that makes a difference. So. I don't know if you ran into this before with either you know a family situation like myself or if there was you know couples that were traveling together and wanted to try to uh, use two credit cards at one time. And uh, also I want to say hi, Anthony, but I'm just curious because I don't know what the Anthony reference is to. So if you could fill us in on that. Uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully you'll read my message. Thank you. Uh, Paul, I think we all agree that the biggest mistake you made was giving your two daughters each a Disney Visa card. I think that's probably where you're probably going to have the most headaches. Um, It does not matter if you use different Disney Visa cards to make your cruise payments. 
the the Disney visa begins with a or ends with a certain series of letters of numbers, and that's how they keep track of whether or not the payment was made on a Disney visa or not. They don't care that it's all made on the same one. As long as you do it that way, then you're eligible for all the perks, which is the deferred payment and the shipboard credit and that sort of stuff. The rewards cards, um, the good thing with the rewards cards is they can be turned into a um, like a prepaid Visa or MasterCard. So then they can be used towards paying for your cruise or for applying shipboard credits to your account. You, if you use your reward rewards cards to pay off your cruise, though, that's not using your Disney Visa. So you have to use a Disney Visa. It doesn't always have to be the same one. Rewards cards can be used to pay off a cruise, but then you lose the Disney Visa promotion. However, you can okay. use those rewards cards for a shipboard credit. What is the current Disney Visa promotion? Um, there's a zero uh, percent financing for a certain period of time. I don't want to get into the specifics of the financing of the Disney Visa because there's a lot of subtleties in it. Um, when you make a payment on your Disney Visa, from what I understand. They're applying the payment to your most recent purchases. So some people are saying that if you don't pay your bill in full for the original uh, purchases, then you get into the area where they're going to charge you um, the interest on it. So you've got to be careful with the credit card. We always suggest to everybody, check with the credit card company. Don't rely on us. But, I mean, are they doing like a shipboard credit? If yes. You- uh, I'm sorry. Through 2009, they're doing a $50 shipboard credit per stateroom if you pay off your cruise with your Disney Visa, and there's also the 0% financing. And that shipboard credit can be combined with Dreams Unlimited's shipboard credit. That is correct. Disney doesn't does not allow the stacking of shipboard credits or discounts through for them, but anything you get through Disney can be combined with the Dreams Unlimited travel. And, of course, for full disclosure, John and I are part owners in Dreams Unlimited travel, so I do need to make that clear to everyone. That we have a financial interest in that. Let me, I'm sorry. Go ahead. go ahead, John. On the rapid rewards card, say you you did pictures or photographs on the ship or bought stuff in the gift shops. That you can use that for for paying those type of things. Well, off. well, that would then be put on your room folio when you check into the to the when you check in. You're using you have to use a credit card. Of some sort for your right. room. Okay. But when you settle up your account at the end, you can use you can whatever use form of payment you have. Um, interestingly enough, you can't use a corporate check to settle out your room folio. Yeah, I know. They won't allow you Isn't to. Isn't that weird? Yeah. We were on a cruise and we tried to write a Dreams Unlimited travel check and it was like, nope, we're not going to accept that. Surprise. Yeah, really. You're like, wow, okay. Start washing those dishes. Exactly. <laughs> Let me just answer this gentleman's question. I think what happened, um, Paul, is that you, we got to your voicemail before, um, after I explained last week. Anthony's a young man who wrote to us um, about a year ago now, I believe, mm-hmm. and suggested that his peers were not the nicest about his love of Disney. And we, I kind of thought that he represented all of us, that we've all had to explain to somebody in our lives why we like Disney, Disney as much as we do, and that there are people who don't understand it. And that's all Anthony. Anthony is that everybody to us. Yep. There you go. Thank you. Oh, he oh. also needs to contact us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need, Paul, you didn't leave us your, uh, your email address. So if you would like a T-shirt or pen lanyard, or if you want to be entered in our drawing, we need your information. Yeah, we're having that problem more and more often. Um, it, I mean, it is on the recording when you call in the 800 number. 
Uh, but I, I just want to remind everyone, please make sure we don't need your home phone number. We're not going to call you. But you please leave us your email address or even just your, your uh, screen name yes. on the boards. Uh, a reasonable way for us to contact you electronically. And if you do want to call in, I'll repeat the toll-free number. It's one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two. Just be sure you leave us your uh, email address. And, Paul, you can write to us at podcast at wdwinfo.com and let us know we read your email and Ju- or we answered your voicemail, and Julie will take care of contacting you. Sounds good. Thank you for that, Paul. And that is going to do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Biz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.